Welcome everyone to Uppy in the Stash. I'm your host with the most Uppy. And with me as always is the most amazing, the Stash. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing very well, Mr. Uppy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm sitting here with my Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing IPA tonight. And uh, it is quite delicious. And if uh, and if come the second half of the show, I need another beer, I will also tell you what it is. Because it's not the same one. Oh, nice. Well, uh, I guess we're both in the same boat because I'm doing a Blue Moon, the Belgian White. But I got a little bit of vodka in here, so it's a Belgian White. And if I run out of this tall can, I'll be moving on to a um, a blonde. But we'll talk about what kind of blonde she is. Mm. Very delicious blonde. It's one of my favorite blondes. Very nice. I'm very good. Hopefully, uh, we can keep this going long enough to eat down that thing, so I can figure out what. This I, is. I'll just I'll just let everybody know. I'm I'm not I'm not generally attracted to blondes, but this blonde is nice. Unless her name's Michelle Pfeiffer. That's all, yeah. What's this, the 90s? <laughs> this is the 90s Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, you know, speaking of the 90s, um, <laughs> the first half of our show is dedicated to uh, ranking the albums that got us through education. So uh, for me, that was high school, and that was all entirely in the 1990s. And for most, for you, most of it was. So um I'm I'm hoping maybe you threw in some uh, Coolio in there or something. Oh Dude. no, Coolio was uh, Coolio. Let's see, for me was about seven or eighth grade because <laughs> when I went into high school, it was like '97 or eight or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I had to throw Michelle Pfeiffer in there, right? Because she was. Oh yeah, Coolio. Oh yeah, that was a good movie. That's a throwback. That's like a you got to do that on a Sunday type of deal, you know. <laughs> So what? So what? What? What sort of music were you listening to in high school? You know, um, I I was more I was more diverse than I am now. Um, because mm-hmm. seemingly when you're in high school, um, apparently you're more open minded. Where I've kind of over the years I've narrowed it down. I'm doing a thing with my hands. You guys can't see, but um, you know, I mean, it didn't make my list, but I I li- actually did listen to uh, a lot of Puff Daddy. Um, a little bit more rap. Never did country. Sorry, stash. Never country. Just couldn't. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Only, you know, like a little bit earlier than that. You know, Leon Rhymes got all, a little earlier than Shania Twain. We all can't be perfect, you know. So eh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite. Right. I'm willing to wear. I'm, I'm willing to die on that hill. Um, it's still mostly rock though. That, that's kind of when I found my identity. So, um, and do yeah. you like no shortage of good music back then. So, did you want me to start with my number three? Should we start yeah, there? Let's, yeah, let's hear. Let's hear what you got. All right, so we're doing the top three. I will throw in an the world, and I will mention maybe some that I consider doing but didn't because I felt like the late '90s was a good time for music. But um, based on albums, that was the thing. Just so everyone listening along at home, we didn't go off of just specific songs. We went off of albums. So, with that said. I'm um, going back to my sophomore year of high school. My number three was uh, Green Day's Nimrod. Um, when we thought about just doing songs specifically, um, obviously Good Riddance was on that list because you just could not escape it. It was a song you could not get away from. It was everyone's graduation song. It was everyone's prom song. It just, it was there. 
But the album as a whole um, was great work, um, including probably my probably my favorite song from the album was uh, I'm drawing a blank now. I put myself on the spot by going off topic. Um, <laughs> I think my favorite was uh, Hitching a Ride. Um, just a nice little jazzy kind of tune to it. And the unsung hero of that album, I think, was Platypus, I Hate You. Just two and a half minutes of angst, which mm-hmm. you're a 15, 16-year-old male, you have plenty of angst. So my number three in my education years, I think the Emirati, you could listen to it top to bottom. And it incorporated many different sounds. A little bit of ska, a little bit of like fast-paced punk, you know, some sweet ballad. So it had a little bit of everything. Well, something for everybody. Yeah, we gotta leave. We gotta leave it up to Uppy to get throw his uh, Green Day in there. Nimrod was good though. And uh, after Dookie, you, you know, you can definitely hear their sound um, developing. You know, they 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 they're a talented band, so it's good. It's good to hear those early early well late nineties really, but the nineties late late nineties two thousand. You know. Yeah, and I, I really have to feel since he you know since you made mention, I found a way to get Green Day in there. Again, um, <laughs> I find it harder to leave them out, but I also feel as though I have a responsibility if I'm going to keep putting them in my lists, I have to really work hard to justify them being on the list. And you, you just, uh, Good Riddance, Tell Me Your Life was just a song you could not get away from. Like, I don't care who you were. Like, the girl it was written about was quoted in a unauthorized, like, story of the band saying that she went to South America to get away from Green Day and she still couldn't. So <laughs> no matter what she, yeah. no matter what she did, huh? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. You know that's that's like the it's what's the old adage? Um, you when you when you run away, no matter where you go, there you are. Mm-hmm. No, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly what happened to her. We can't get away from Green Day. Come on, <laughs> the hell are you thinking? Jeez, come on. Okay, well, so I'll go with mine, and uh, this was this this album is definitely like an introduction into moving out of uh, eighth grade into high school, and it was a it was a really awesome album because it's also during a time where we got out of grunge rock, we're getting out of Nirvana, we're getting out of you know Audio Slave style stuff, and we got into. Yeah. definitely we got a little bit heavy and this one was when fred durst was coming out with his stuff um and um we finally heard an 80s remake of a song and he rocked it out you know but this was this is uh corn's freak on a leash album this probably if just hearing this album still makes me like you know i i gotta turn them up mm-hmm. you you have to turn it up every time you're jim you know you have children of the corn with ice cube dead mm-hmm. bodies everywhere got the lie freak on a leash, freak on a leash. Automatically, yeah there's like four songs there that just you know were just awesome they yeah just freak on the leash is the one where you know it could be on and i was you know bobbing my head even if i didn't want to like it, it would that that to me was our marquee song i, I love that one yeah, all in the family, you know, with Fred Durst. It was just that's that's just a very uh, cool way to introduce yourself into high school, you know. Like m- music, music then was far different than it would be two years later. So <laughs> I, I thought you were talking fastball on me. I thought you were like, going to say Limp Bizkit. I'm like, okay, 
You know, I was like, hey, that's almost. I, you, you totally threw me for a loop. I didn't see it ending up with corn the way you started. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they were always, um, for those in our age bracket, they were always on TRL back then. Like, you can. Yeah, remember that? Totally I, remember that? I remember that video, Freak on the Leash, where I remember it was like a, a bullet, I think, was just constantly moving throughout the whole frame of the video. And. Yeah. See, imagery works. That's how I remember. That's, um, but this was, uh, for you, uh, folks out there that may not know, um, we actually had music videos then, and, uh, that's what we really watched for was for the music videos. And that's what made, that's what made the music cool is because they put a lot of art and imagery mm. and they put a lot of thought into what they were going to show. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just anything on the screen, right? It, it, it was a lot of thought and this is how you got the moon man. Yeah, and those who know that reference <laughs> know that if you when you got the Moon Man for that video, you it wasn't just a uh, because you you got a top ten of a TRL. It's because you put a lot of work into it, and people really liked it. Yeah, you know, I mean, and it was such a thing like the whole um, Total Request Live with Carson Daly was like so popular that bands actually. Because they have like some basic um, thing where it, you can only be on the show like sixty times, like, and then your video got retired. And like bands would purposely like space out their singles to work with the exposure of getting to be on the show. And it was all fan voted too. So um, that that was the other best part about it. not only was it music videos, but it was actually fan voted on. So the fans drove who was where. And I, I remember a couple of times um, where the fans like completely revolted. And like, I think one time there was like a, <laughs> I remember specifically I was watching that day when um, the internet banded together and said, let's get a new kids on the block song on there or something like that. Some eighties boy band. Oh and yeah. I remember it that. In and it got on number one because the fans joined together. And for once the internet worked correctly and everyone, banded together and did something for a common good. So fun, fun <laughs> fact, uh, Monday, everybody is our, um, our generation. I'm talking about Uppy, Uppy and I, you know, for our years that we were, the, the internet was something that we had to learn that we were never born into. By the time it became, became, you know, available, it still wasn't as available. We had dial up. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's when you had to get on clear it with mom and dad tell everybody not to get on the dang phone because if you did and you were dialing up they would hear (laughs) right you know and then finally able to get on hoping nobody's going to try to get on on the phone so this is something that we all learned how to do we knew myspace we knew how to freaking code before coding was even cool all right if you ever had a myspace page and knew how to do banners and music and post pictures and add your top five favorite, top five friends, top 10 friends, whatever it was. We knew that I had a MySpace page. I don't know. Did you have one Uppy? Not in high school. No, no. In high school, I was still like on angel fire. Like, oh, MySpace, no, so on. MySpace, MySpace was still like That's um, early 20s. later, later. Yeah. Later, but still this, this, we, we, we had to, but we were still, with used the- to it. With the Angel Fire, I still had to learn basic HTML, or even AOL, like being able to like 
were we were the original texters guys mm-hmm. remember when aol you can send messages back and forth to people and you would hear the ding ding right <laughs> bloop, bloop, back and forth that was cool stuff yeah. i it's still it was still like that in high school for me so <laughs> <laughs> hey, like your bragging rights as a human back then in high school was, I successfully held six conversations at once on AIM. Like I kept up. Like I basically learned how to type just from chatting. The oh early, yeah, I was on AOL. I was on AOL all night. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't like I learned the home row keys. I just muscle memory learned where every key was. So I could type without looking. Yeah, but man, that was a hell of a rabbit hole you just sent us down. Nice job. Yeah. Um, so what are we on? We're on number on number two now. Uh, two, yes. Two. Um, uh, senior year. Um, this is one that I think um, it's just there the whole year. I think um, I went with Enema of the State by Blink One Eighty Two. I listened to that thing a lot. <laughs> That's what I say. Uh, you know, between Adam's song and uh, which made me paranoid because at the same time, I think uh, Truman Show was a popular movie. And then um, What's My Age Again? I still yeah. I still listen to that song, What's My Age Again? And then all the small things I don't listen to as much, but mm-hmm. it was a popular song as well. Um, the Adam song was actually one of my first uh songs they learn how to play on a guitar really yeah and i could probably play that out of muscle memory because i just did it so many times <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know like 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 if i was like somehow half brain dead <laughs> and you put a guitar in my hand i would probably still just play it as i'm laying there in the bed that's awesome <laughs> to the machines, right? you're like yeah play that bling song i just play it and just go and go and go I know it. Yeah, no, I was just I, re- I was just reading the Wikipedia page before we recorded. I think they wrote. I think Mark was the writer of that song, and it said that he like wrote it in like I don't know, like ten minutes, something like that. Some crazy, quick timeline there. I believe it. I believe it. they're 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 super talented, and uh, like we were discussing earlier, uh, prior to the show starting, was that. Uh, when they came out with the self-titled album in about 2002 or three, it was three, I think it was, or even four, close to four. Um, that was, that really showed their chops, you know, and, and, and the type of stuff that they could do and not be that emo, super emo-ish boy band, you know, that they were coming off to be uh, commercially. They they really showed that they can write their songs and and come off with um, really great lyrics. So, mm-hmm. if, if you're out there, listen to that self-titled album as well. You know, Blink has a huge has a great lineup. My my favorite during Christmas time is um, the song about <clears throat> how they don't like hearing uh, the carolers outside mm-hmm. and they who runs outside with the baseball bat chasing them around <laughs> and now he's in jail. That's like my ultimate favorite like uh, Christmas song. Because I hate carolers. We don't even have carolers in California. At least in my neighborhood, I don't. I can't speak for everybody. I I don't recall the last time. I still get Jehovah's Witnesses at my door, but that's about it. Yeah. No carolers. Yeah. That's a close second. Yeah. Well, I live in Methdesto. What do you expect? 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so my uh, my second is going to be um, System of a Down. And it's the self-titled album. Uh, self. I'm having a hard time saying that word. Must be the is talking. I yeah. I don't. I don't even think it's self-titled. The I. I believe the album is called Toxicity, mm-hmm. and uh, it's their second album, um, or studio album, um, from that band, and and the just the whole lineup of it. Um, just to kind of put it in context of why this album was. Uh, significant for me to mention it even in my top two because I love music and I I have a lot of albums and I can listen to them all day. But at the time, um, September 11th had happened and we had graduated in June. So um, the album talked a little, ha- was already a precursor to what was going on because the album had came out earlier there's a lot of political writings in that song and in and, and their songs, you know, the prison song, you know, he throws a lot, he spits a lot of facts out about how many people we gel and what we're doing on our society. You know, you got also, um, chop suey, which is, well, that's not a political song, but it's just one badass song. That just <laughs> really out, rock. Everyone knew that song. Everyone. Chop Suey was freaking awesome. You know, Bounce was really cool. Uh, Shimmy was awesome. Toxicity with its with its with its freaking one of the the coolest uh, music videos. You know, Toxicity. Uh, Aerials was really awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever want to just see a music video of people just doing their thing in a hotel park parking lot, watch Chop Suey. <laughs> you can't can't get any more basic than that you know <laughs> yeah that 9-11 period was crazy because i just google searched it while you were telling us all the awesome songs from that because a lot of them i remember and it, again it was one of those things where um i think it fits the bill of the spirit of what we were looking for because um that's not something i would choose to listen to but not only could you not escape it i enjoyed it as well you know yeah. which, which is the whole point but and i was just Googling it because you mentioned 9-11, and I remember, I I think, I think Jimmy World was just becoming famous at that time, too. And I think because of 9-11, I want to say they had to change the name of their album because their album at the time was called Bleed America. And it's still listed on their Wikipedia page as being titled Bleed America, but I want to say that they had to change, but I'm not sure if it did. But it's just crazy. That time period... Because, you know, unlike you, I was in college. I was a freshman. I was a freshman all over again back then. But. Yeah, that was that was an awesome um, – in our uh, awesome – that was just uh, – I, I think you had to be a youth of, of, of that time period um, mm-hmm. or a young adult coming into, you know. Because even, even then, you know, probably those who were in their 20s – uh, you know, 25, maybe even late 30s. Maybe people were probably really cool into music. Were like, man, that that album for that year of being 2001 mm. ha- had to have given people some like moment of pause. You're like, wow, mm-hmm. you can still be political, you know, 
You really can. And you don't have to be a rapper to be political, you know, and you don't have to be a uh, folky to be political. You can still be political and get your album played and, and they, they make a lot of money. And, oh, they did their thing. and it was tough. And I, and I hate to always bring up that band green day again, but I, I remember hearing stuff about that time period where, um, nine 11 did change the music scene in there where, what you could or couldn't say anymore did vastly change. Cause I remember, um, Billy Joe saying something, how basically just about every single Rage Against the Machine song got banned from radio after nine 11 happened. Green day had yeah. a couple that got banned from radio. Um, it actually changed their, they were going to release a single called, uh, I think it's called Maria because they're releasing their first, um, greatest hits album, so to speak, but they couldn't because, a lyric in the song says somebody shot the president but because nine 11, they couldn't release a song anymore. And it was just crazy because that one event, which had nothing to do with music changed how music went for quite a while. Yeah. Well, another one of them was also uh, at the time. And again, you know, I like country, but I'm not a super country fan, but mm-hmm. I like country. Is the Dixie Chicks was also pulled. Earl had it done. But they got yeah. themselves pulled, right? They, <laughs> they dared to criticize George W. Bush, and then that's kind of what yeah. happened, right? Yeah. They were they were huge. They were critics of they were critics of the war. Um they were just they didn't like what was going on and, and how it became what it was. Mm-hmm. And so what what do you you know? what do you do and you speak out and you're hoping that people would band with you. But at that time it was so, so much fault, you know, fall patriotism that um, it, it became kind of that group think mentality where everybody's on the same bandwagon and how, how, how dare you criticize our troops or how dare you criticize this or that. And we weren't even going after the right people. We weren't even, you know, we, we were fighting totally the wrong war and mm-hmm. invading another, country so but i i i support them if right. we can go back in time i'd be wearing a no i probably would not be wearing a dixie chick shirt but uh, you know i don't know i i support the fact that they did what what they did what they felt was right and mm-hmm. they took a big hit and those who love their music still love their music you're not gonna yeah, you know i'm pretty sure that if that happened nowadays it like it was a big deal back then but no one would bat an eye, bat an eye now because we all do it all the time, anyways. You know, fuck Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's di- it's different now, but only because it, it was different then because people, a lot of people died, and there was a lot of mixed feelings. And I and I really blame I really blame the media, and and I, and I really blame this idea of um, of anti-patriotism tied to critical speech mm-hmm. and i believed at i still well i can't say believed it was my opinion then and it still is now that you can still be critical of your country and still be patriotic mm-hmm. you can still love your country and still want it to be better and always try to be i better. think it's more patriotic if you have i mean if you have the ability to sit there and say hey this is what's not right this is how it could get better i i think that shows more love than just Blatantly, I mean, I'm a union guy, and you know we have union issues from time to time, and we showed up one worksite, and 
which has its issues, legitimate issues. And one guy's just like, oh no, this best job I ever had. There's nothing wrong here. You know, and he gets all mad. It's like, no, that's not helpful. I'm glad that you think this is the best job you ever had, but ignoring the problems doesn't make it better. Just because yeah. you say it doesn't no, make it better. The real patriot patriotism is the person who sits there and says, hey, this is what works with our society or our country, but there's something wrong with it. We could do better. That's real love. And always do better. Mm-hmm. Always. I'm about ready to do better right now. I'm going to tell you my number one. Okay. And uh, this okay. goes back to when you were in junior high school, my friend, because you're just little, you're a little pup. Um, <laughs> you being a whole ten year younger. Um, I'm going to go with a sublime self table self. See, you put it in my head. Sublime's self titled album, Sublime, that came out in the summer of 1996. Um, top to bottom, just good. Um, Santeria, I was just singing that one today. And then What I Got, um, Caress Me Down, the whatever. Is it April 26th on that album? I think April 26th is on that album, right? Uh, I think it's 1990. Uh, here, I, I got it up on my Wikipedia. Hold on, I can tell you what's all on there. But that was one that you could actually listen to like top to bottom, which I was I think not... that's the album that was on though, right? Um, the only one that mentions a year is April 29, nineteen ninety two, Miami. That's that's the one. That yeah. Miami version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that you that is a great song that ca- I, well, there's other songs out there that capture the riot, but I really feel like they, they captured some of the sentiment at the time of what people were, why, why they were out there, mm-hmm. uh, you know? So, and so well, writing is often the language of those unheard. And that's a Martin Luther King quote. I don't want to make that seem like it's mine to our listeners. Um, so oh, we know you're not that smart. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm, not the I'm the dumb one here. <laughs> half, the, half the time I'm reading from a paper. So, <laughs> <laughs> that my wife wrote for me. Oh, no. <laughs> so whose master's degree is it? Yours or hers? <laughs> is it, I'm 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 writing off the coattails here, but nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's a great album, man. You know what? Um, uh, Sublime. You know, uh, his his death was was awful. Uh, but you know, when you're into drugs like that, that's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's no coming back from a heroin addiction in that manner, at least, you know, there's no getting better like that. So no. And I, yeah, I, I think in a previous episode, I reeled against Nirvana only being as popular as they are is because Kurt died. Um, to some degree, I feel the same way in this case. Kurt didn't but, die. Kurt was murdered. I, either uh, way. I think we have to have, a. we're going to have a whole, okay. So we're he doing didn't a whole die when he was murdered? Project. Still- we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a whole episode on this. Oh man, we conspiracy theory episode. Mur- <laughs> yes, Kurt Kurt was murdered. All right, next week, join us for Kurt was murdered. Yeah, yeah. We put on our FBI hats. <laughs> I think that's the second time you did that to me too. <laughs> I think that's why I mentioned Kirk. I mean, you did that. I'm very. I don't know why I'm so sensitive about the topic, but I am. I. I I, I like them. You know, we all know Courtney loved it. It whatever. She did. If I ever got my hands on her, no, I'd, I'd save that energy for somebody else. But yeah, we'll see where she goes. Spanos family. 
Chargers cluster to your house in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's a great, that's a great. So we're, we're on number ones, right? Cause Uh you just did your subprime brothers and sisters out there and all my gender neutral friends. Check out that April 29th, 1992 version, Miami. Great song. Turn that shit up. Put the bass on really high. And let's rock your speakers out. There's a lot of great songs on that album, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, Santaria was a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's also one where he sings in Spanish, which is pretty freaking cool. You know? Um, is is a, is a Waiting for My Ruka on that song, on that album? Um, no. Oh, dang. That's another awesome song that they have out. Uh, maybe I maybe I might uh, include that in our. You know what? You're gonna hear that that song t- tonight after our show's over. That's <laughs> a great that's a great little hidden gem of uh, of Sublime. <laughs> Not the ballad of uh, Johnny Butt. No, <laughs> no, it's it's called, uh, waiting for my Ruka. It's it's an awesome song. It'll be our it'll be our outro tonight. Very awesome song. All right, so moving on, we are on my number one. And uh, although it was not in our um, in our in our in our uh, formative years, it was still sort of in my formative years. It's, it's actually the self-titled album of the Lumineers. And all night, I'm going to have that problem. I, I'm glad we're done. I'll have to say self-titled. Yeah, I don't have to we say self-titled album. We all felt every time we came up. I'm getting I'm getting tugged tight. Yeah, this is um from 2012. Very awesome. From beginning and end, all 11 songs. I'm not talking about the deluxe version of this album. Okay, I'm talking about just a straight one to eleven track on this. From Flowers in Your Hair down to Morning Song is a very awesome, very awesome album. I probably have at least five of those songs on repeat from Stubborn Love, Dead Sea, Mm -hmm. uh, Flowers in Your Hair. Um Ho Hey, which was like probably their commercial hit of everything. It's mm. still pretty good, but still like Stubborn Love and Dead Sea. When those songs come on on my, you know, my iPod, I I turn them up. Wait, you haven't so, heard? Even flowers in- on my my my. I say my phone. <laughs> I have an iPod. Sorry to give you. Who has an iPod still? IPod, iPods are still available. Yep. I should get one. I should get one. I, I can. I can like probably really like get rid of a lot of memory just from my music my my phone is like at the lower end of memory which is like, kind of like, because i think we all got iphones because we didn't want to have to carry an ipod and a phone and now you're like reverting back to phone and music separate yeah well i can't have all of my like if you're cheap like me where we try to go as cheap as possible you can't cheat you can't be cheap and have luxury like that. <laughs> you end up paying for it. You end up you end up paying for it by having a really great cell service plan, right? Where you have unlimited data mm-hmm. and or you have like freaking 100 gigabytes of memory or something on your phone. See, now's the time in your life where you don't need the unlimited data. We took a little stash yeah. as a teenager. Then, then you need the unlimited data. That's how I limit... Uh, little stashes phone use when he wants to. So 
Daddy has no data. <laughs> you can't you can't get on my phone because you can't watch anything. <laughs> this is gonna spin in a little circle the entire time you're on that app. Ain't nothing gonna happen. <laughs> okay, Daddy. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Well, that was great. Uh, what's your honorable mention? My honorable mention was from my junior year in high school, the Slim Shady LP by Eminem. Because while he is a household name now, he wasn't always. And it was not. It was different to have a white rapper on your TV. And not only that, a good white rapper on your TV. So, um, yeah, Slim Shady. That's nice. Yeah, you're going back. Look at that. Well, something that was not rock. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, I I have I have an honorable mention, and it's going to be kind of like the 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 of the two. We're going to do uh, Lincoln Park's album, mm-hmm. Hybrid uh, Theory. Yeah, Hybrid Theory, and then the Meteorite. Yeah, fun. But I have, of, I have of, a fact Monday for you. What's the name of that band was originally Hybrid Theory. They only changed their name to Lincoln Park because the other band who had the name Hybrid Theory threatened a lawsuit. So they changed their band name to Lincoln Park. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. Guess what? And Lincoln yeah, Park yeah. showed them by being actually successful. Way, for like <laughs> probably way successful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what's cool about that album of Hybrid Theory is the fact that they uh, had a lot of success that came off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the one where they did with Jay-Z? Uh, where is it at? I think it's like a collision course. That's, that's the one. I think collision course is the name of the album that they did. And they did it with uh, Jay-Z and a bunch of other like Charlie tuna and a lot of other uh, famous rappers and rappers that are of notable success. That's really cool. And and I thought at the moment when they did that album, uh, I felt that maybe they were like going downhill because anytime that you have to release an album and it's a remix of your album or a remake of your album in some way, that you're running out of ideas, right? That you just don't have what it takes to make it in the industry. But wasn't but that no, the they... follow-up? Yeah, it was like... Yeah, that's what upset me. It was like, hey... You're successful, and then your follow-up to your successful album, because usually the record labels force you to do another one within a year, which I don't think they did, was the remake of the previous one. I was like, "What the fuck, guys? Like seriously?" But well, like you said, well, technically, well, technically, it's 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 supposed to be Hybrid Theory, Meteora, Minutes of Midnight, A Thousand Suns, Living Things. You know, that's kind of what it is. But from what I remember, it was. It went from that to the one with Jay-Z and all the rapping and everything that went on in the albums, which kind of made me go also take pause and say that too. Like, mm. dude, you guys can't come up with anything anything else. But, but that album was still freaking pretty. Literally, you could put out a whole album of fart sounds and go double platinum at this point. And then they just yeah. made the previous album. No, everything is mumble. Uh, everything is about mumbling. You can you can do that, and then you're 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 famous. Mm-hmm. You know? So everybody wants to be this, do the same thing. Yeah, that was awesome. I think I we freaking covered quite a bit on our first albums, man. I'm very very surprised on. Yeah, you know, and and hopefully, um, 
I haven't got a good gauge of our audience yet, but we actually do have listeners, which is amazing. Um, I think they, for the most part, most of them tend to be in our age range. So hopefully we did help some people take that trip down memory lane tonight. Um, Cause I certainly took that trip down memory lane myself and, and prepping for this, but it was a good time. Remember how it was, it was a great time some years ago. Cause my 20- Thank you everybody for listening to that first half. And- yeah. It's awesome going down memory lane with you guys, and I hope that you guys decide to go on our Facebook page or, and or our SoundCloud and leave comments and say, hey, what was your guys' favorite? Yeah, you know what? Go on SoundCloud or our Facebook page and let us know what what, what are some of your favorite albums while growing up or where you were in, in high school or college or in prison, wherever you were at at the time, you know, in tournament camps or whatever. Yeah, it don't matter. I don't care. What what was it that shaped your 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 formative? Because you know, in life, we're always learning, and I I think that we we think that maybe we're just we're in mandatory education K through twelve kind of stuff. That <clears throat> that's it. No, sometimes when we're having hard times or we're we're getting past difficult moments in our in our lives, we hear hear music and it resonates with mm-hmm. us and helps us get us through. Absolutely. And uh, and thank you for mentioning because there's something I was thinking about earlier today at work that we have failed to do every week is we actually do have a Facebook page. So if you're listening to this and you're not on it yet, um, go on Facebook and search for the Uppy and the Stash podcast and uh, like our page. Interact with us. That's great. Because um, we do get people who interact with us, just not publicly. Like I, I actually do get people who I know who listen to the show either text me or tell me their songs every week because that seems to be the biggest hit. Um, But, yeah, get on our um, Facebook page, like us, go to our SoundCloud, uh, and interact with us. Let us know what your favorites are. And um, tell us what a great job we're doing because we do know we're doing an awesome job because we haven't heard anything negative yet. So, (laughs) How how about even this? Um, If you uh, leave a, a comment on our Facebook page, and uh, I haven't finished editing yet. I'll include your uh, your song as part of our our break music in there nice. between sometime now and our next one. Or I'll, I'll include you somewhere somehow. Uh, I like doing that. Um, I feel music's a, a great part of our show, and that's why we talk about it so much. And I read about it quite a bit, and I follow it. Not so much of the new stuff, but I I, I tend to follow the history of music. Yeah, I'll throw your I'll throw your honorable mention in there. Yeah, music is something we all have in common, which is why I think it resonates with everyone. Everyone has our list because, um, yeah, we all have in common. We all love music, unless you're some weirdo who doesn't. But uh, you you know what'd be cool if we did um, maybe like one of our episodes, we can like write down if there are like three songs that you can etch into your tombstone, or or. For you know, for people to play to remember you by, what would it be? Oh, man. How cool would that be? Or 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 if your your tombstone, right <laughs> your, your 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 tombstone had an MP3 player in it, and all they had to do was plug in their their headset. What are the three songs you could rock out with me in the graveyard? <laughs> There's only one and be on loop, but I can't ruin it. So. <laughs> no, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. It would be a. I think it's. A, I, that might be one of our cool little segments we can do. We can set it up in that fashion. See, our, our fans are you know, are helping us out. Yeah. What what our fans out there? What are the what three songs would you pick if your tombstone had an MP3 player on it? What are the three songs that you would pick that you would want someone to rock out with you in the graveyard? It sounds a little 
spooky or a little scary. Or, you know what, what three songs that they can go onto your page uh, that, you know, your remembrance page that you'd want them to hear and say, man, that reminds me of that guy or that girl or that time that we hung out. What are your songs? Interesting. So um, we are halfway through. Um, Again, thank you all for hanging with us because that was actually um, a really fun segment. So we're going to take a quick break right now, and then we're going to come back, and we have uh, several small topics we're going to get to, and then we'll finish up for the night. So see you all in a bit. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you had a good break. Um, I'm sure y'all are wondering, I did open up a second beer, and I said if I did, I would announce it. Um, so I stuck with Sierra Nevada for this one, but I'm drinking Hop Bullet as a double IPA, and um, it's just delicious, which is why I bought it, and that's why I'm drinking it. And uh, Stash, I've noticed you have a different looking beverage in your hand. What do you? What, what's the blonde? Is this the blonde you were promising us? Yes, um, I, uh, I I brought this blonde up all the way from San Diego, California, or at least she traveled my way, I should say. Um, this is Saint Archer Blonde Ale, very beautiful blonde ale, one of my favorite blonde ales actually. Um, very smooth, very light, um, but still has a great taste to it, uh, and it's better in the can hmm. for some reason. That's yeah, normal. <laughs> Well, okay, well, so fun fact Mondays, um, anything in a can is generally going to taste better than anything in a bottle. Okay, I know. What? Okay, everybody's probably saying that out there going, this guy's a freaking moron. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Hear me out. Um, Bottles often uh, allow light to be admitted to the liquid itself, which often can give it the skunky taste because it can heat it up. So the more resistance to the light that you have in your beverage, uh, then more integrity you're going to get out of it in the sense that it's not being contaminated through sunlight and through heat, right? So that's why oftentimes you will find people who will only drink canned beers is because of that reason they're not getting introduced to sunlight. And so, therefore, it's not contaminating their beer or not not uh, jeopardizing the integrity of their beer. Uh, there's a lot of beers out there that are uh, rely on the hops and they rely on um, the barleys that they pick because they're very special. And I give that to them. And so that's why I am um, when someone gives me a canned beer, I never turn it away. You want to know why why I prefer to drink canned beer? Why? Because it pays more to recycle aluminum than it does glass. Yeah, glass. Sucks. The ROI on aluminum is far better than the ROI on glass. Glass is all weight, no money. I'm sorry, I will all not save our money. Mother Earth unless I'm getting paid to do so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hear you because I, I, I hate taking 10 bags of uh, bottles and then only hearing that I got seven dollars back. Right. I mean, what, what would you rather have? Ten cents a pound or a dollar eighty a pound? I will take the dollar eighty all day. Thank you. 
Give me my canned beer. Right. They definitely need to raise the price of of glass recycling. That's for sure. I think it's far too low considering the amount of uh, beer that is being produced in 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 um, glass now. There there are quite a bit. Like if if you go into the beer section of your local grocery store, I wouldn't even say it's it's half and half, but like the higher end beers uh that you see out there like for example here in 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 our area it's um um why am i drawing a blank all of a sudden it's our local brewery that that throws on an air uh, the air fest that we have down here uh, tends to hangar 24 tends to only produce in bottles here's my other thing i want to specify for our non-california listeners which I do know because uh, we we do post on SoundCloud and SoundCloud gives us the basic stats. Um, So recently um, we had heavy listening from Paris, California. I think that's what it was, but currently um, it varies between there and Pennsylvania because I have a huge Pennsylvania following. Thank you guys very much. Um, But the whole point of what I'm saying is um, for those of you who don't live in California who are listening, we are charged what is called CRV, California Redemption Value. So anything that we buy, like beverage-wise, um, we're being charged five cents per item because that is a redemption value to take it into recycle. So if you're buying a glass six-pack, you know some bottles, a six-pack of bottle of beer, you're gonna end up paying thirty cents for CRV and. If I'm going to pay CRV, I'd rather pay it on a 12-pack of canned beers where I'm going to get already a pound back. Yeah. And again, I don't love my Mother Earth enough to recycle stuff that I'm not going to get paid for. I'm sorry that way, but I am who I am. Yeah, but, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 yeah, but I, I won't drink out of a straw anymore after I saw Well, you can't. The you can't unless well, you ask for them. Well, fucking wash your cups and I'll drink out of a straw. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I can't go to restaurants. So the other thing we have going on here in California is um, you can still get plastic straws at the restaurant, but you have to request them. Yes. Uh, and the other thing is we also, because we were down um, down your way-ish back in January, we were down in Burbank and Glendale. Um, we hit up the hotel bar a few times. And they were using paper straws. That's fine. They work effect. Okay. They work effectively. Just don't take too long to drink your drink. Yeah, you know, they yeah. do break down because it's paper. But yeah, paper straws. Yeah, wax paper a little bit. You know, a little bit of wax in there. But that's fine. And it's crazy, I, I, uh, but it makes you feel better every time you hear one of those stories about hey, they found some beached whale with eighty pounds of plastic or whatever. Like yeah. I feel a little bit better every time, but it's. It's still annoying to get used to having to request a straw at the restaurant because I won't drink straight out of their cups. I don't care. I was a dishwasher yeah, well, once. I know how it goes. Yeah, I was about to say they don't they don't they don't scrub their stuff. Um, this is why also I don't ever drink out of um glass containers at a bar and ever. Give me the plastic cup. Give me the red solo. If we're at a bar somewhere and they're like, "Hey, do you want to you want a bottle of beer?" Yeah, I'll take the bottle of beer because then I don't have to drink out of their cup. You know, well, we have anything on everything on tap. It's fine. Give it to me in a plastic cup. Well, it'll cost you more. That's fine. 
because I don't have to drink out of your nasty ass cup that you don't wash. That all you do is generally soak it in water, uh, soak it in your in your wash, soak it in water or whatever uh, your 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 sanitizer, and then soak it in water, and then you put it in your little mix mixer that you got there that's supposed to be a dishwasher. I don't ever do it. Don't. Plus, also, the only, the other thing I don't get is that. Um, so we were recently at a wedding, and um, a lot of people were getting mad because they weren't getting a straw. And I was standing in line, and by that time, you know, there was some good inebriation going on, some good vibes. And I would tell the guy that was getting mad, or the girl that was getting mad, that they weren't getting straws. Said why does it matter? You're literally going to suck down this drink and be back here in about 20 minutes. And they said, true, true. I said, brother, you, you're going to be right back here again in about a half hour. If that. <laughs> so, so, so you'll be back here five minutes sooner because you don't have a straw. So what are you, what are you complaining about? Right. <laughs> that's the, that's the new nature, man. You know, Go enjoy your drink. I, I was amazed that, uh, that you knew people who weren't married yet, given that we're kind of pushing 40 here. Um, but oh, then I remembered, I remembered, technically, you and I aren't married either. Technically. Technically, we're not, but in California standards, I think we're under common law, aren't we? Uh, I've Googled it before. California doesn't recognize common law. So what are we under? Our own common we did the right thing for us is what we did. Yeah, well, um, just in the words of Kanye West, who I don't like, I want a prenup. <laughs> I ain't saying she a gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> but, right? but, but hey, if you know if you know Uppy and the Stash, you know our wives are not gold diggers. Yeah, yeah. If uh, one day you'll get to know our, our the other half of our lives, but for now you get to know this part. Mm-hmm. And definitely they're not gold diggers in any way no. whatsoever. No. Thank God. There's no money. Well, and if, you, if your wife's a gold digger, that's fine. Hey, more power to you. I'm not going to judge you. Well, if she is, or at least in my case, if she were, she's a dumb one because I got no gold to dig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you dig for your own gold. But she don't want that gold. No. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I have no brains left. But <laughs> no, yeah, we were, our wives are never in that in that fashion. Yeah. They they have hearts of gold to deal with us. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? And, and speaking of like uh, gold digging attitudes mm-hmm. around here, uh, Tiger Woods won his 15th straight major title not straight but not straight excuse me excuse me not straight but he won his 15 major title which is awesome man it was awesome I was, with 11 I, was, I was thinking about this well i remember cuz uh, you know yesterday you know was the final round of the masters which they had to accelerate because of the weather um i found myself following along on my espn app because he was tied for the lead at the time and I was thinking about how if this had happened, I don't know, when did he have his whole issue with the whole he was having sex with uh, waitresses at Applebee's thing? Years, 11 years ago? About 11 years ago. Um, just about, yeah. That's when a drought started because 
That's when his wife. Yeah, if this had happened then, I don't think people would be nearly as happy for him. But hey, being sports lovers, we all know everyone loves a good comeback story. So if this had happened ten years ago, nobody would. No cared. one cares. But because it happened now, when he's forty three, he hasn't won a major title in eleven years. After all, he's done. I was rooting for him, and and I really wish I said pre show. I really wish uh, Mrs. Uppy. Didn't have to be up at three in the morning because uh, she would have been the dissenting voice here to tell us, hey, no, he's still a scumbag. Fuck him. Those were basically yeah, her words earlier when I told her about Tiger Woods. Yeah, but I I don't know all the details of, of his private life and probably not even the full details of his um, sports life, but I'm not going to play the moral authority, you know, uh, the, the, the right thing to always do th- – I'm not going to play moral authority, but I'll say the right thing to always do is, did he apologize publicly, right? Did he say I was wrong to do this? And then, and then not only apologize, but did he atone for his 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 mistakes? I, I would say that um, his mistakes were also probably driven by a, uh, what even the... Uh, what you would say is a, a an addiction. Mm-hmm. That, that guy was probably was a sex addict, and he just didn't say he was, but he dealt with his demons. Um, un- unfortunately, he's a very public character, and that had to deal with his demons on a very public forum. Um, I wish him the the best of luck because, man, the guy's awesome. The guy was a, a phenom, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't mind taking the playing devil's advocate here. I, I really don't. But the thing is, because he is Tiger Woods, because I, I don't give a rat's ass about golf. I really don't. Like, I've long joked that if I want to take a nap on a Sunday afternoon, I will put on golf. You put on a shit. Golf. I don't care. I'll lose our listeners. I don't give a crap. I hate it. I mean, I don't hate it, but it just I just never had the um, – the, uh, dedication for it like i've tried it but i'm one of those people if i can't kind of excel at it right away i kind of lose interest so i didn't have the attention span for it or the money but because he is who he is i cared yesterday and i cared yesterday for the first time in a long time and now i find myself actually rooting for him to maybe get up to 18 and catch that record why not i mean I think it he he's definitely going against the grain of well if, if you ever watch golf just 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 know this that it's a very traditional sport okay um golf is a very rich man sport you have to have money in order to pay the green fees okay you have to have money to be able to be out there every day doing that one thing because it's not it's 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 not cheap uh to be out there playing at these different style of golf courses, getting used to the headwinds, the different types of grasses, um, you know, where, where you're, you're, you're putting from, where you're taking your shots out of. It's, you, you got to move around, you know, you, you got to be able to practice in these areas so that when you get to those tough, when you get to those tough times, you know what to do. And his mom and his dad, they loved him. They, they did what they did for him and, you know, helped him out and made sure that he, he was at. But he was also very driven himself. Had to be. <clears throat> you have to be. You're right. You have to be to be driven in a sport where 
um, it's mainly dominated by one segment of society. You know, there's, you know, you're, you're coming into a, a sport that's not, um, res- I'm not, I'm not, I want to say they weren't very receptive of them, but I probably would say that they weren't exactly um, um, enthusiastic to be like, oh, this guy's going to make it far. No, he had to be super exceptional, and that's what he did. Well, and here's the thing. He was so dominant, too. Right. He was so dominant at that time that it was a common thing. If you listen to sports TV or listen to sports radio, the common discussion was, who are you taking this week, Tiger or the field? The more common answer was, I'm going to take Tiger Woods over the field, week in, week out. He was just that dominant. Yeah, but but also it played into the narrative of sports of sensationalism. He 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 was the other that was going to beat the field. You know, he wasn't. Um, he his the the during the time of his reign, he's just. You know he's he's just as good as some of those twenty eight year olds or twenty five year olds that are coming up just behind him, right? But um, in order to sell the sport, in order to sell the idea of your TV, is that you have to have a good story, and he was the good story, right? And so look look at Jack Nicholas, one of the best golfers that we all know, right? And so, and then Bubba Woods, I think his name was too, as well. So, they're all great stories. But he was just a better story, and that's why it picked up so much more steam. Is he the best golfer in golf history? Probably. Until someone's better than him. I right? yeah, I, I, I think of golf the same way I think of NASCAR. You know, now the rest of the pool is so talented; they kind of weigh each other out. Um, just like you know, oh yeah. I mean, Dale Earnhardt oh, yeah. Jr. Not Jr. Sorry, he sucked. Um, I apologize this, this for that mistake. Yeah. Dale Earnhardt Sr. dominated because he was the master of his craft at the time when not everyone was on the same level. Um, now, no, now like, they're all equally. He wasn't that great. So, someone he changed wasn't the game. Like he changed the game. Now, was, now they're all that way. Yeah. And I think golf is the same way with uh, Roy McIlroy and just Bubba Watson and. Johnson and a whole bunch of other names I can't remember because I don't follow it close enough. But yeah, I, I think Tiger did for golf what kind of Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr. did for NASCAR is it raised the bar to where no one could ever be that dominant again because the t- overall talent level has been risen. Yeah, you got a lot of young guys now in NASCAR that you wouldn't have probably necessarily had. Well, maybe they were young then, but um, even in NASCAR now you have you can't have one favorite in nascar anymore you gotta have at least three or three to five of guys that you're gonna watch because you got you know uh the bush brothers uh you got logano you you got you got guys like that are just um we're dominating every other circuit they're coming in that Mm -hmm. they're just competing across another so that when they get to the next circuit you're saying well who won the last one oh the bush Logano, right? It's it's a you're right. It is it is a different field now because these guys are now just raised on it. This is all they do. This is this is it. You know, from the moment that they get out of high school, or even when they're even in high school, as they're racing, they're racing their motorbikes or whatever it is, up until they get into professional circuits, and they're making five hundred dollars a race. 
There, there, there's two things. I got two more things to say about NASCAR. One, the, there's one and only name in NASCAR, and it's AJ Allmendinger. Because it, the jokes just write themselves, I think. Two. I thought you were going to say Ricky Bobby, but okay. No, no. I'm not a big fan of uh, Will Ferrell movies, to be honest with you. There, If I didn't lose our audience already, I just lost them now. Um, the second point. Where was I going with my second point? Um, the thing I hate about NASCAR, besides the rednecks, is um, – They've reached a pinnacle, so they're doing. Um, is it the Bush series? What? Who's his major sponsor now? Is it? It's not Bush. Um, oh, their major sponsors are like everybody. No, no, it wasn't know. actually named after now. Winston Cup to something cut with Fenhouse Bush. No, what was it? What was? Who's a major sponsor? Because it hasn't been Winston forever. But oh, come on. Look it up. Okay. Edit this part. Oh, out. <laughs> oh, NASCAR major sponsors. Like, what's the. Here we go. Xfinity Series? Is that what it is? Xfinity Series is a big one. Yeah. Is that the big one? Okay. That's weird. See, I would not have known. Not that. their biggest, but. Um, oh, no. Sorry. It says it is promoted as NASCAR's minor leagues. Sorry. So what's the major one? So according to Wikipedia, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series? That's crazy. So it's Monster Energy now? I don't think I've seen the Monster. Is that what it's all is? Because sometimes I don't even listen to what is who's sponsoring anymore. I just... Watch the damn race. Right. That's bad. Well, huh? yeah. well, I Googled NASCAR, and it said the NASCAR Xfinity Series is a stock car racing series organized by NASCAR. It is promoted as NASCAR's minor league circuit and is considered a proving ground for drivers who wish to step up to the organization's top-level circuit than the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. But either way, so they reach that point, whether it's Monster Energy or Winston or whoever – wants to destroy your body naming rights cup. They're still allowed to dabble in the lower levels. And that's what pisses me off. You've reached, you've become the best of the best. Stay up there. Let the people who need to work their way up compete amongst their peers to work their way up. Nothing's more annoying yeah. to hear that Joey Logano won on Saturday and then he goes out and wins on Sunday. It's like, no, you've earned the right to race on Sunday, race on Sunday. Let the people who haven't gotten there yet, win on saturday that's annoying as fuck yeah i'm sorry i mean they don't let nfl players play in college games on saturday and then play in the nfl on sunday i mean they no, wouldn't do yeah, that because it's actual sorry i'm I'm gonna go on the whole what's the sport what's not a sport thing but <laughs> um yeah I, I don't get how they're allowed to race in those lower levels when they've already made it to the top so insult to everyone involved it it I I can see I can see where you're coming from where like uh you're you're double you're double dipping. Mm-hmm. You're double dipping. You're Tiger Woods if you were. You have a hot model wife and then you also dabble in the waitresses at the restaurant. Yeah, I remember we're not we're not playing more authority here. That's, oh I am his, and I just did. That's that's his, You're smiling. That's his you guys can't see he's smiling right now. <laughs> that's his life. He he's he I, I he paid. He paid the ultimate price. 
He really did. He uh, he is where he's at, and he probably struggled in that we did not see that struggle. And I think uh, that's what we got to remember as well is that we don't see what he had to deal with in the background. We don't have to see what we didn't see the the effects of his kids' life that they had, right? Uh, his decision had, I should say. We don't know, you know, and it was probably really tough uh, for him. And, well, actually more tough for his kids. I, I really don't care that it was tough on him. It matters that it was tough on his kids. But we don't we don't see that, right? You did. He did. The only reason why that we know of this and that we're able to j- cast our aspersions of him is because he's a public figure. He is this. He is one of the greatest golfers in golf history. If the guy was a Joe Schmo that you just decided to go out with and hang out maybe at the bar or just you know hit some, um, go out to the driving range with, you really probably wouldn't really fucking care nor hang out with him. But again, he's a public figure. That's why we're able to cast our aspersions on him. Poor guy. Oh, no, no, poor guy. Poor guy. He made, he made like, he's probably he's a multimillionaire. Anyways, he's not a poor guy. But anyways, he is subject to the human emotions and the dealings of life that sometimes, not, yeah, not sometimes, that we do. And he probably does have a sex addiction. A sex addiction. Addi- sorry. He's an addict. And, and so he has to deal with that. Uh, just like how, you know, there's alcoholics out there and cocaine users and heroin users. He, he's his, his thing was sex. His, his thing was probably was never any alcohol. And uh, he's, he's paid the ultimate price. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't be surprised to hear. And anytime after uh, he decides that he's retiring from golf and during his biography or whatever it is, autobiography that um, he spent time in rehab. Mark my words. He was there or he sought out um, uh, spiritual help or something, you know, because he felt that he was couldn't control his compulses and uh, he needed help doing it. And he lost his family. That's why he had an 11 year drought. Yeah, that's my guess. That's my best guess. If I'm wrong, leave it on the Facebook page. <laughs> You want to finish your uh, double dipping thought before I sidetracked you? <laughs> that I know I can't. I'm done. <laughs> so you don't agree with the double dipping? I I do agree with the double dipping um, in NASCAR, just as the same it would be for NFL because only the top one percent make it in the NFL, and probably just the same as NASCAR. 99% of those guys will never make it. Why are you able to go and do a amateur race and say you're the best and some, you know, not even halfway souped up car that you're used to dealing with. Right. Right. Or like thinking of like Tony Stewart, he was dabbling in races that were well beneath him and he killed somebody. Didn't he like some dirt race or some dirt track or. Yeah. The he was found, he was found was... not guilty. They, you know, he didn't do anything technically wrong, but. No, he didn't because the guy got out of his car. Yeah. But still, it was a race he had no business being in. 
because he's re- he's the best of the best. Yeah, I see why I see why you say be out there. It's just like you're right. I I can see I can see your point because you're saying this. Um if if you're an NFL star like you were saying earlier, then why go down to college? You're like, so then if if I'm if I'm fucking if I'm Drew Drew Brees, why am I going to be Drew Brees from the Saints and then go play at Alabama? Mhm. You're already above head, head and shoulders above above that because you're a fucking Super Bowl winner, okay? Exactly. All right, you've played everybody that you needed to play and win it. Why well, don't need to go do that? Um, Jared Goff did this uh, YouTube thing where he decided that it'd be funny um, to show up to like this um, Division Two or three or one, whatever, whatever school it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, like this walk on at this, Oh no, he was a walk on at some community college and they were letting him come out. And the coach was like, Let, let's, let's see what he has to offer. And you know, some of the, some of the guys are pissed cause they've, they've really, they, they felt they've earned it. Like they were there mm-hmm. from day one and uh, he's coming out there and golf's a fucking awesome quarterback for a young guy. Right. Throwing, throwing, like a actual Super Bowl type of experience player that he is, because now he has a Super Bowl experience. He didn't win, mm-hmm. but he has Super Bowl experience. But he was throwing like you would expect him to, and they were just amazed to see that type of arm on him and the type of uh, you know accuracy that he was getting on this on these throws, where even some of the wide receivers couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. So if you ever see that video. That's what it's like watching pro go amateur mm-hmm. and then back to pro again to say, I'm still good at what I do. Watch that video. You know, he's, he's top 1% throwing down to guys that will probably make it to arena football and that'll be it in their life. And I'm not casting aspersions on them. Great for them. They're, they're going for they want, but they're not going to be that top one. They're not NFL yeah. status. No, they were all AAF, and now they don't even have that because they had no funding. Sorry. I'm, I'm still sad. Our San Diego fleet team is no more. So our lingerie teams are no longer available? No, watch? I think you still have your lingerie league. <laughs> okay. I think you still have that. <laughs> I was I, – I, you know, quick 30 seconds of watching that will raise your <laughs> – Spirits again. <laughs> uh, sorry, this is our this is our un, un, unscheduled Monday night podcast. So you're getting a little bit of everything. Tonight. Yeah. Well, well, I was going to say normally we record on Tuesday, but now it's technically Tuesday, so we're right on schedule. Technically, it is Tuesday. We're still good to go. We have one more topic to cover for tonight. I think that we're moving. Yeah, which one did you want to do? Well, well let's we, see where we're we, uh, do our, our anticipation of the Mueller report that's coming out on Thursday. Yeah, I think we should talk about politics. And before and we'll before see. we dive in, I just want to make sure for those listening, um, just so you guys know, um, as of this recording, it's April 15th. So the Mueller report's not out yet, so I, we're not sure when you're going to get to listen to this, but just know that Typically, anytime we've actually talked about what's going on in the world around us, like the, um, the the shooting in New Zealand and politics, 
Generally, we've done it within a week of the thing we're talking about. Just so you know, we're a little bit behind on our editing. Um, we will we will eventually get caught up. We will get there. We just know that um, it could be a couple of weeks from now by this time it comes out. But just so you know that we recorded this before the actual Mueller report, the redacted Mueller report, was made public. So hmm. with that said, yes, the stash. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Go for it, man. Politics. Put yourself out there. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, let's talk about what we do know. This will help us understand what may or may not come out because um, the report is supposed to be a counterintelligence report as well. Mm-hmm. So don't be surprised at at any time there is a big redacted redacted section, meaning that it's going to be blacked out. We're not going to know what's hap- what's what was said, um, names, dates, situations, mm-hmm. right? We just know these things. We knew what the prosecutors at the time, because I think there was about. 15 or more of them mm-hmm. uh, decided to, to bring to court to say that this, these individuals um, violated the law. And this is how we're going to show that they did that. And the first one was started off with this uh, Papadopoulos. The right? coffee boy, right? Yeah. Good old Georgie lied to the FBI. And he got what, two weeks in prison for it or something. Right. Um, but I think what's what may come out what we want to know, and a lot of this I'm basing off of is uh, from um, the Empty Wheel, which is uh, Marcy Wheeler's website, which she's been very good on detailing um, the events that have occurred without it being so sensational. Um, she's she's followed all of the filings, uh, posted them all online. And so it's not. It's it's not uh, speculation or informed speculation. A, a good chunk of it is from what was what was uh, filed, and so this is what we do know. Okay, right? It's Papa Douglas has been he's pled guilty, right? He uh, his sentence memo described the time that he lied to investigators and um, they went for it. And there he is. He's 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 a he's, he's a criminal. Mike Flynn. Out of all of them, Mike Flynn, I feel, is the biggest uh, uh, person. When you consider his position and consider the things that he's done, um, I agree with with the judge at the time who asked, why is he not being charged um, with espionage? You know, why, why is he not being charged with treason for what he did? Mike Flynn was a general... And an elite group of counterintelligence operations that he ran for quite a bit of time. And so during the time that he was being investigated in the way that he lied and he knew, he knew how the system worked and he did it anyways. Makes me feel like the guy should just go to jail anyways, because we're supposed to be trusting him with ensuring or in quotations freedoms mm-hmm. of, you know, of American life. And he does this anyways. Makes makes you want to question like where 
where does his true allegiance lie? Is he is he in debt or something? Is there is there some something that he's part of, right? That you're saying, hey, where where what what makes you do this? Okay. And the lies are are um about what he said about sanctions. That's what that's what got him. But he's getting off very light considering. Very light. And we'll see what happens, right? Um, I think there's a lot of information that that guy gave up, mm-hmm. and we're not never we'll never see. Maybe for the next fifty years. There's another individual called Richard Vignello. Um So there's some counterintelligence information on this guy. Um, he was trolled by some Russians. Uh, we know that he was involved, but we'll see what happens. I don't think there's anything that he's, he's been prosecuted on. There's the IRA, which is the Internet Research Agency, which also had a big uh, indictment against them. Um, there's the Alex Vanderswan. Um, from that, from what I understand, is um, was I think there's some corruption involved. He was also tied with Kilmanick. And his father, uh, he was also prosecuted as well. I don't know what his terms were, but he was. That was another individual, Rick Gates and Paul Manafort. That's the biggest one, which wasn't exactly Manafort's wasn't uh, on the Russian, but because fucker was a sneaky weasel that was part of a group, a very small elite group of um, professionals. I want to say professionals in his field that are not regulated in any way. And he got away with it for as long as he did until he got involved with, you know, fucking glue trap Trump. That what he is. Okay. Just know that much. Uh, see Rick Gates, same thing. Tax fraud, right? Money laundering violations, stuff that they shouldn't have been doing, but they were doing uh, Kilmanak, which we're never going to get because he's in Russia. The GRU, which we're never going to get because they're in Russia. You got Michael Cohen, which is probably the biggest. And this guy's mm-hmm. trying to make the biggest deal out of all of them. He wants out. He wants a way to get out of this. He doesn't want to go to jail for 10 years, right? Well, everybody else is getting off for two weeks. Right. <laughs> so, so we will we will see. And I, I've, I, I don't feel bad for the guy because when you dance with the devil, this is what you get. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying yep. Trump's the devil, so people don't take it that way. Just a metaphor saying when you dance with the devil, this is what you get. Roger Stone's another one. He is still being indicted. There are still filings that are going on. And from what uh, I saw, from what I saw, I'm sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Um, Roger Stone, I, from what I saw, he actually requested the unredacted Mueller report for his court case. That is a what they call throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what'll stick type of that tactic, you know? So that's what they do. He he had a lot of court filings anyways in this last week, I believe uh, that they're just throwing stuff out there and they want to see what's going to stick. Um, the Amy Bourbon Jackson is a very tough uh, federal judge who understands the nature of the business right now because um, she's, prosecuted probably several of these cases so 
a lot. There's probably a lot of overlap, and she sees it and knows it. But good luck to him because that guy's been a fucking swindler. And excuse my cursing this hour, but he's not a good guy. He's he's he. When you think of politics and you think of communication and public relations, this guy is the worst of the worst. He's going to play out every angle that he can get right out of it. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the, st- at the end of the day that when you decide to fight back and you do it in his fashion, he'll call you rude and disrespectful and say that you're not fighting on the same ground mm-hmm. and then go back to what he's doing again. So he's, he's that type of guy. And I don't believe or I don't feel bad for any of guy like that. Um, he was part of the whole Ronald Reagan, uh, if you ever wonder why um, we have this big issue of large caravans of women and children that are showing up uh, at our border that are from Central America, it's because of Ronald Reagan's decisions to get involved in the Iran uh, contract effort where he was funding death squads. Um, Nelly Abrams were down there and they were deciding to uh, overthrow governments that were um, for the poor and not for capitalism at the time, uh, you know, they would want to move into socialism and, and, and help out those who are most in need with the resources that they had uh, and to defer, diversify their economy um, for the, for the poor people and for the people that actually are there. They're the reason why we have this issue now today. Wait, and did so, you just dare to disparage the Republican Jesus? Yes, I did. Reagan himself, the God's gift to every American ever. The only thing, I'm the being only facetious, Ron- people. <laughs> yes, the only, the only good thing Ronald Reagan ever did, okay, ever did, and this is his way of coming back at it. And this guy was probably already crazy and half nuts, and he was a great public speaker. I'll give him that much. Was uh, the well, they'll call they what they will call the Amnesty Act of 1986, whatever it was. Was that that was it? That's it. Other than that, what? So he basically probably traded bones. He said, "I will do this, this, and this if you guys leave me alone about this, this, and that, and I will vote for this. Leave me alone. You know, I won't. I won't fight about it. That's about it. Hmm. I mean, I felt like I felt like Richard Nixon did way more for America, and this is this is bad. Okay, this is bad." Because Ronald Ron, uh, uh, Nixon was just as bad as any as any of the presidents, and they're all bad. Even Barack Obama. I know people hate me for saying that, but Nixon was just as bad uh, for all the bad things that he did with Vietnam and all the racist attitudes that he had. But he created the EPA. He was trying to move towards uh, getting HMOs more nationalized, and so there there are some things that. Nixon brought in uh, that people would be like that was a that was a Republican who did that yeah I think he's one Hello. who I think he's one who guaranteed you dialysis for your kidneys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of all things dialysis yeah you're welcome those who need it yeah there's a lot of things that Richard Nixon did that a lot of people don't know yeah. that he made made happen right there's a lot of government agencies that are around during the Republican administration from him that are still around today because he probably felt at the time, I can't speak for him, but that they were very important. Huh. It's funny. Right. Mm-hmm. And these weren't, and these weren't up 
uh, um, law enforcement agencies that were being, you know, created. Right. That's nuts. Do you think, um, just speculating here, in your best estimate, estimation, two days from now, because it is Tuesday, do you think anything of substance will come of what we do get to see? Or do you think Barr will have found a way to redact enough to make it look like it's a nothing burger? Well, my best informative speculation, my informed speculation is that uh, Barr is a creature of the night, creature of the swamp, okay? His whole reason why of coming up was because he helped figure out um, how to get pardons and fight this legal battle of of executive privilege during the Iran-Contra uh, issue. And so he has that underneath his belt. He, he knows how to handle uh, very political situations as such. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he's not a... Um, He's not in any way a uh, attorney general of the people. He's an attorney general of keeping those in power in power. He's a Republican. He's not afraid to say he's a Republican, and that's who he's going to keep in power. He'll find ways around it. It's the old adage of if you don't like the rules, change them. Mm-hmm. How do you change them? You get an attorney general that will help you change them and won't challenge you on certain things, right? Perfect example of this is... Uh, how the Justice Department will no longer uh, defend a current law that hasn't been in place that has been affirmed by uh, the Supreme Court, and that is a that is the Obamacare. All right, they won't they won't go up and defend it anymore. Why? What type of decision is that? You know, this is this has already been affirmed. Mm-hmm. So I think I think those types of decisions that you see that are not related to the Mueller report kind of just tell you how this guy, how his thinking process is. He's old school. He, he knows what he's, he knows what he's doing and what he doesn't want to do. And most people might say this guy's not calculated in any way. The Mueller report's not going to give us anything of a, of substance because most people don't know that um, Barr and uh, Mueller are like old time friends where they have Thanksgiving dinners at each other's houses. So don't be surprised if you don't see anything that you wanted to hear or see. All right. So um, that's the nature of the swamp. Well, how about um, continue with the speculation? Mm-hmm. So what we didn't get for those of us who are wanting it, we didn't get the thing that said, hey, he's bad. Arrest him. That obviously is out the window. But there's a theory out there that that wasn't the goal in the first place. Maybe he, by doing his report, laid the groundwork for the states, the individual states, to do something. Because, you know, if the charge is brought on to you by a state, that's not pardonable because you can only be pardoned from a federal offense. Is, do you think there's any, for any of those hoping for best case scenario from a democratic point of view, that maybe what he did was more of a long game 
play of he made it to where he could be busted in a more foolproof manner than straight busting him. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, here's here's the thing. Again, which which president that we've had in the last 15 years has been busted by a state office that led to any significant consequence? I probably say in the last 30 years since Nixon. I would say just since Nixon, what have we had? Nothing. And we're not going to because those since Nixon have figured out a way to make these things happen that fall under under a privilege that we don't have and will never have. Now, is there an opportunity maybe for that to change in New York? Or maybe even in Maryland or Washington, D.C., uh, where some of these prosecutors have an opportunity to bring these court cases up. Yes. And here is one of the examples is that the Trump Foundation is closed down. For corruption. Right? So yeah. corruption, right? For for all their bad dealings that they've done. So this guy's a this guy's a if you believe in any time in your life that a politician is as clean as they are then you're wrong. Um, this is why sometimes we get mad about some of the decisions that they make is because money is involved. Trump's old money. His, his, his roots run deep. This, his dad, his grand, whoever else was involved in the money making scheme for him. They, they have been around a long time and this is what they've done. And money only worries about money and how to get more money. This is why no American bank will, will loan to Trump. No American bank, except for Deutsche Bank. And they they seem to love to give him billions from what I hear. Yeah, but now they're under investigation. They've have they have cooperated with congressional um committee requests for information without any interference whatsoever. They're giving him any documents that they want that they're requesting for. Does it lead to something? Who knows? Who knows? We won't know anything until the reports come out. And I'm not going to make any informed speculation on that because I don't know enough. But is there anything significant that's going to come out of this report? No. Not at all. Not not anything. Like I said, there's going to be so redacted that you're going to just feel disappointed of like, why do we even want to read this? Right. And I, I think you're smart for taking that position because ultimately um, that's what, it, that's what, excuse me. That's what it's going to come down to. But there was a reason why even Barr himself concluded this report does not exonerate Trump. That was said by the guy who's covering it up himself. And I say that because Barr is a known fixer. But um, we'll, we'll just never know. But I'm pretty sure there's plenty of damning stuff within that report. We will just never see it. No, we'll never see it. We'll never know. Uh, and then, like I said, it will probably be a long time before we ever see it, before they decide, oh, we'll release the... He'll probably be dead in a library renamed after him in wherever city he decides to do it, in Florida or... And we'll see something, and by that time, it'll be all debated upon, and nobody's going to be still held accountable. No one's held accountable anymore, and and 
in American politics the way that they should be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even for Obama, look at, he was uh, one of the first uh, big users of drone strikes in, in military history. He, he droned mm-hmm. anything that moved. Um, he was the first president to kill an American citizen on foreign soil without due, without due process, by the way. Yeah, he um, killed them with a drone and all these other drone attacks that happened. Um, he was known as the deporter in chief. Still had the most, he has still the largest record of de- deportations under his, de- under his presidency than any other president in U.S. history. More than Bush, even more than Trump. Right. And still he didn't face any consequences from it. Still got reelected. And I think he did that on purpose was because he was trying to, um, you know, cowtell to Republicans on, hey, I can be tough on immigration, sign off on some of these bills and don't fight me type of thing. You know, I can. that's horse trading. Right. He was being a horse trader. Mm-hmm. But still, if we're going to be. uh progressives who stand up for our beliefs and our, our um, things that we say that we should fight for, hold them accountable, man. But we won't. People love them. Because we live in a society where the re- revolution will not be televised. <laughs> I've heard of that song. <laughs> Believe it or not, I've Amazing. heard of that one. <laughs> it's not Green Day, but I've heard it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing. I apologize. Um, yeah, I'm drawing blanks. Sorry, it's late. Uh, uh, thank you, Stash, for taking the reins on the political talk and just uh, having a good informed opinion because um, if I really wanted to, I could go Facebook conspiracy theory on all of this, but we want to have a better show than that. So um, we've run, we've run really long tonight and I hope you've stuck with us because uh, despite its length, I think this was a really good show. So you got any more voice left? You got any uh, parting words there, Stash? Yeah, my parting words are uh, enjoy your days off. Don't read the news. Don't watch any YouTube videos. Enjoy your family. Drink a beer. Give them hugs and kisses. That, that's my parting words. Um, my parting words are um, if you're uh, a liberal such as ourselves, sometimes it still is worth it to go on Facebook and put down your conservative family members and friends with facts. They will never cave. Um, well, I got one to cave recently um, because they actually learned how to use Google for a change. Um, it's still worth your time to pe- put people down. It's okay. As long as you have facts on your side, it's all right. Yeah, my endorsement. Uppy sent you to be the messenger of all that's good in this world. And if they get mad at you, what you tell them is this. You take a deep breath. And you look them in the eye. 
and you say, sir, ma'am, auntie, uncle, tia, tio, grandma, grandpa, you may be entitled to your opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. So true. So true. I, I had I had um, a relative of Mrs. Uppy once tried taking the high ground on me once saying how I never changed my mind. I'm not open-minded because I never changed my stance. And I said, because unlike you, I'm not so cocksure of my own intelligence that I have to Google everything. So when I engage in a fight with you, I come at you with a winning argument because I know the facts. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. So if I engage with you on Facebook, it's because I have a winning argument to begin with. Because I don't yeah. enter myself into losers. Yeah. So. Hey, if and if any of your fans want to engage with us, that's fine. Just know that yeah. um, we don't. I, I'm not. I don't. Some nine eleven. I'll dabble with you a conspiracy. That's fine. But after that, I. I think there's enough evidence out there to know that what we know what's going on and what's happening um, and what's not happening anymore. And I think 9-11 opened our eyes to it. So just, just know that that's how, that's how we roll. And if, if, if you don't want your mind to be changed or that's fine, that's fine. Uh, just don't do trolling. <laughs> and I can see trolling coming uh I can see trolling coming a mile away. And uh, just by your question alone, and then your response back, well, well, let me know that you're trolling, that you're want, that there's no true engagement, and you're not bringing anything up that's scholarly, maybe in a way. And I don't want to seem so elitist, but uh, anything that I can independently verify and say, you're right, that's true. That is a very true point, and that is your synthesis of information from that true point. Not coming from a conservative website, okay. That's it. Yeah, well, I, I don't I'll, think we'll, I'll engage with you. I don't think we'll have that problem. Yeah. I, I think our listeners are very much like ourselves. Um, they're intelligent, smart people who love the yeah. truth and sports because yeah. we right. talk sports and music. Yeah. So, right. I love sports. I love sports. Just know, just know, we love sports, and we're not going to do this whole stupid. I believe this changed my mind type of thing, you know, yeah. and then you got to sit there and engage with me. Yeah, I don't, yeah, we don't do that. No, just anyway. enough. I bother to questions. engage with you is because you're probably wrong. That's all. And I like you and I like you and you're probably, you're giving me good beer at the time. And if you're right, I'll agree with you. <laughs> facts are facts. That's all I yeah. care about. That's all yeah, we care I'll about. I'll agree you. with you. Yeah. Up in the session. Mm-hmm. All we care about is facts. Yeah. Facts. We're both very ugly. Facts. Speak for yourself. No one will disagree with me. No one will disagree. <laughs> Half of the people in this world will disagree with that. Half of our world, I should say, will disagree with that. <laughs> All right. That, that took up a little more time than we expected. But, um, um, well, everyone, till next time, up in the stash, wish you a good afternoon, a good evening, and a good night. Thank you. sunshine in a bag I'm useless but not for long the future 
wind is coming on I ain't happy I'm feeling glad I got sunshine In a bag I'm useless But not for long The future is coming on It's coming on It's coming on It's coming on It's coming on Finally, someone let me out of my cage Now, time for me is nothing cause I'm counting no A's Nah, I couldn't be there Nah, you shouldn't be scared I'm good at repairs And I'm under each snare Intangible Bet you didn't think so I command you to Panoramic view Look, I'll make it all manageable Pick and choose Sit and lose All you different crews Chicks and dudes Who you think is really kicking tunes Picture you getting down in a picture too Like you lit the fuse You think it's fictional? Mystical? Maybe Spiritual hero who appears in you to clear your view when you're too crazy. Lifeless to those with definition for what life is. Priceless to you because I put you on the high shit you like it. Gun smoke, you're righteous with one talk. You're psychic among no possess you with one go. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, not for long. The future is coming on. In a bag, I'm useless But not for long, the future is coming on It's coming on, it's coming on It's coming on, it's coming on The essence, the basics, without it you make it Allow me to make this child like a nature Rhythm, you have it or you don't That's a fallacy, I'm in them Every sprouting tree, every child of peace, every cloud and sea You see with your eyes and see destruction and demise Corruption in the skies from this fucking enterprise Now I'm sucked into your lives through rust So not as muscles but percussion to provide For me as a guide Y'all can see me now cause you don't see with your eye You perceive with your mind, that's the inner So I'ma stick around with rust and be a mentor Bust a few rhymes so motherfuckers remember what the thought is I brought all this so you can survive when law is law Feeling sensations that you thought was dead No squealing, remember that it's all in your head Hey, it happened I'm feeling glad I got sunshine In a bag, I'm useless Not for long, the future is coming on Hey, it happened I'm feeling glad I got sunshine In a bag, I'm useless Not for long, my future is coming on Yeah, it's coming on